Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. This week, we had a very fun and unique event at Pocono, the Pocono Doubleheader, where we had two races this week at Pocono. They were awesome. They were a lot of fun. It was really cool. So uh, let's go ahead and start off with the first one, which was the Pocono Organics 325. Yeah, they had changed the names, and I don't know exactly where we landed, but basically there was a 325 miler on Saturday, and there was a 350 miler on Sunday. And I thought of it as almost like it was a big game with a halftime. Like you had the first half, which was the Saturday race. And then you had the second half because they had even said, and I thought that was news. It was news to me. They had said that they were had to use the same car both days. But if you change the car or, or change the engine or whatever, you had to go to the back. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So were both cars set up so like the guys that if you had to change a car they were both set up exactly to yeah the first yeah, yeah both yeah. of them were set up exactly the same yeah bottom line they they each brought two cars one was the backup they probably set them up the same and even when you set them up identical identically you're probably going to have one car that just just feels a little bit better so that's your primary but yeah for the most part they're set up the same the but to encourage teams to use the same car basically your position was going to be based on where you were. So if you were kind of in the back and you had wrecked or whatever, and you were going to start the next race way up in, or way in the back, obviously it didn't make sense and you would probably change it. And we actually had a couple of drivers that did that. And Joey Logano was actually one of them that I did, but we'll get into that in a sec. So well, yeah. So how did the race start? Cause it was kind of frustrating start. As usual, since we've gotten back from the like when NASCAR came back at, during the coronavirus pandemic, almost every single race has had some affected by rain and weather. Yeah, and this one was, you know, the same. We we ended up having to wait, what, it was an hour? It was literally an hour of just sitting there. But at least they got through with it. Like it didn't get canceled by it. It would have been really bad had they not been able to get the Saturday night cup race. In or the Saturday afternoon cup race, because I think one of the races, it was either a truck or Xfinity. It was trucks. was a truck, got moved to Sunday because of weather, and that made Sunday a triple header at the track where they had truck, Xfinity, and then cup series. So, so yeah, it was a good thing that they had to get it in. And what was the other interesting thing that we all kept talking about, about that track and why they had to try to get it in? They don't have lights. Like, what's the deal with that? Like, how do you build a track? <laughs> now, obviously, this is an older track, but still, yeah, it's crazy that they don't have lights up there. And after a one hour and 20 minute delay, we actually got to go back racing. Um, And on the first laps in the first stage, we actually saw some drivers that were pretty strong up there. I think Eric Armorel and Joy Logano were probably the best out there. After all, they were and Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott, too. And Ryan Blaney. And Ryan Blaney. I was going to say Blaney. Early on, they were. I mean, if you think about who won the first two stages, they were pretty much the class of the field. And anyway, Joey Logano uh, took stage one, 
And Eric Armurla took stage two. And the funny thing was they actually basically just switched positions for stage. So, yeah. So thinking that Joey was going to do really, really well, then what ended up happening to Joey? Joey ended up having a problem where he blew a tire and some parts on his hood were just tearing up and falling off the car. Had to go in, get repaired, and ended up finishing in 36, five laps down. So pretty frustrating. He did really well up there leading... And then to fall all the way back to 36, he he was pretty dejected. I think even on his social media is like this. This kind of was not a good day. So as for the other Let's Go Racing Family Five, Ryan Blaney, who we previously mentioned, actually got 12, while Jimmy Johnson got 21st. Kyle Busch and Clint Boyer actually had top 10 finishes, which leads us into the actual top five. Kyle Busch was 5th, Christopher Bell was 4th, Eric Romarola got 3rd, Denny Hamlin got 2nd, and our race winner was Kevin Harvick, winning his first Pocono race after so many times falling short. There was one time 2017 where um, Blaney got his first win, and like he was shaking Kyle Busch, he got the lead, Harvick came to 2nd, Harvick tried getting around Blaney, Blaney kept blocking, and Harvick didn't get the win. Was that what racetrack was that though? Pocono, Pocono 2017. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, that was one of the years that 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 was one of the years when Harvick was coming really, really close to winning. The yeah, they said that Kevin Harvick has said they said always the bridesmaid, never the winner at Pocono. That's pretty interesting, and it's it's crazy. That's that's win number fifty two. He's doing really, really well. I mean, Mister, where did he come from? I know we talked a little bit about him last week. Somebody wasn't very you happy mean- with him. No, the nickname is hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks. If I hear you say it one more time, I'm going to, I don't know. Well, he didn't mess with Jimmy Johnson this week. So you got to, are you going to ever get off of that? Are you ever going to maybe forgive him? No. By the 2021 season, probably. (laughs) When Jimmy Johnson's not there anymore. Uh, So yeah, Kevin Harvick won. Uh, He did really, really well. And, uh, you know, how did that turn out in our race picks? Because we had talked about doing our race picks. Uh, Mom won the first week and then none of us got points. So um, mine was no bueno. Yeah, I'm going to actually start with the worst, the two worst, probably. Um, Joy Logano, which was my pick, finished 36th. So I'm getting no points from this race. Mom chose Chase Elliott. He got 25th. He did okay, but mom's not getting any points this race either. And um, Kyle Busch, which was Johan's choice, was fifth. So he is getting two points this week. No, Oh, yeah, er- yeah. He is getting two points. I forgot. Oh, yes, he's yeah, top five. Top five. Uh, De- Sebastian chose Denny Hamlin. So he's getting second. Cha-ching, and he's baby. getting two more points. Stole my pick. That was the guy I thought was going to do really well this weekend. Well, you guess what? You won well, and you took know, three points. Yes, I did. I won. So it was uh, it was good because... I was worried if Chase Elliott won both races, we were going to be done for uh, because your mom would have had an <laughs> You would have blown us out of the water. Yeah. So uh, why don't you take us through what happened on Sunday? So, again, this was Saturday's race and then something they had never done in the history of NASCAR at the Cup Series uh, level where they would race back-to-back days, Cup Series at the same track. And so this was – and we mentioned this last week – this was already planned. This was in a COVID scheduling deal. Like they had already planned it. And we had even talked. This was a race we were kind of circling on the schedule last year thinking this might be a really cool race to go check out, you know, the weekend. 
So what ended up uh, happening on Sunday? I think it was a little bit of more of the same when it came to weather. Yep. It Guess was what? We had day. another hour of lightning and rain delaying the race. And then after that time, we finally got back onto the track. Guess what happened? It was basically Groundhog's Day from Saturday to Sunday with weather and the race. But and, um, the top two finishers were switched. Yes. But before you even get to that, the, I mean, at the beginning of the race, you had, you had, you know, we, we had the delay. And then? Um, four laps into racing. We're already doing good. The field's are running. Drivers are moving. We're feeling good. And uh, apparently Mother Nature's sad that her drivers aren't doing, her favorite drivers aren't doing good again. So she starts crying on the track and it was raining. So we ended up after four laps getting another red flag. And that one lasted for another, almost another hour. So we're hour delay, another hour of waiting. And, you know, anybody that complains about the ratings for NASCAR, you can't blame NASCAR. I mean, this is not good television where you have to, you get ready to watch it and then it's a delay and then another delay. I mean, that second delay, we actually just started watching a movie until the race began again. Yeah, we kept checking Twitter and then. I think midway through we were watching, I said, oh, drivers were called back to the car. So let's uh, flip it back. And that's what we did. So who ended up winning stage one? Well, stage one winner was the number one car, Kurt Busch. He had a pretty he had a pretty strong car during the first and second stages and did absolutely amazing. Yeah. In fact, how many? Let's see. I got the stats here. How many laps? This is. Yeah, this is Sunday here. Uh, did he actually lead at one point? Kurt Busch led 35 laps. Which were second most, which is pretty good. So he had a pretty strong car. You know what I found interesting of both of these races was that it seemed like the guys who were dominant in the first and second stage weren't as dominant in the third. I, I don't understand why that happened, but it was like the same scenario in both races. Like the same setup or... Whatever, but it was just the same. There was actually one exception, and you're absolutely right. It felt like every driver that was up front early on kind of faded, and the winners in the top five kind of rose to the top. But there's actually one driver. It's kind of interesting. I think, you know, we, we need to take notice that he's been pretty consistent over the last few weeks, and this weekend showed it, which was Eric Amarola. I mean, Eric led the stage uh, the day before and actually came in second in the other stage and he ended up finishing top five. And then for this weekend, he was pretty strong from the get-go, kind of worked his way back up because, again, with the way that they inverted, he had to start in the mid-pack, but worked his way back up and ended up being there for most of the race. And um, he only has, like I think, a few wins, and like they're both from restrictor plate tracks, Talladega and Daytona. His first win came in the 2014 Coke 0400 at Daytona, not anymore. And um, he was leading at the time, and I don't know how many laps were left, but when he was leading, rain came, and they called it, and Eric Amarillo won the race. Yeah. I mean... Didn't they say during the broadcast that Eric had had even admitted that this wasn't his strongest track? Yeah, and he ended up doing really well. Had, they said this was he said his, this was his worst track. I mean, besides Kevin Harvick and Danny Hamlin, no one else had a better weekend. You know, he came in top five both both races. So, 
it, I, I think he's he's he may be a player later in the year. I know he's had to have moved up on the championship like a lot um, just by the his consistency. Top he's 10s, currently top 11th in points. Yeah. So he's just short of a win. He gets one win. He's locked in for the playoffs, which is uh, that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Well, Eric Amarola may be doing well and moving up in the playoffs. One guy is sadly struggling. Yeah, what is the deal with the 18, man? I don't know. From what he says, he thinks that the lack of practice is hurting him because usually with practice, he's able to get the feel of the track before the actual race, so he isn't like having so many problems. Yeah, but everybody's in the same boat. It's not just like Kyle's the only one that's not getting practice. Yeah, but I think Kyle. Well, I mean, other drivers could have with practice. Yeah, like that. Like other drivers can, like, not have practice, but Kyle Busch may need to have practice to actually run well. I mean, I get that. I honestly, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's the whole team. You know, maybe it's the whole team getting in a rhythm because I'm sorry, but you can say what you want. Like his skill set is unbelievable. Like the way he can wheel that car, and so. If anybody, like everybody needs practice, I get it. But like if anybody can show up at the track and just race and get the most out of a car, he's the guy. I mean, I think part of it has been bad luck. You know, if you think about since they've come back, he's been caught up in other people's messes. We've kind of talked about that. I think his team has had issues um, maybe with the car setups. They haven't gotten to where they are. But he wasn't doing bad like on, on Saturday. I mean, he finished top five. And then he just got kind of caught up. What ended up happening that, that that took him out? So lap 77, a bit of a interesting situation. Kyle Busch is on a turn and Ryan Blaney's coming to pass him. But I guess Blaney didn't break and he got into the 18 and the 18 spins and wrecks. Yeah, that he was kind of interesting. I remember this now. Because oh, here we go again. When it happened... I felt like, well, one, it was kind of one of those weird things. They didn't have a replay for like 20 minutes into the race. Like they kept describing it and they showed the cars apparently, you know, with the GPS and all the cars, the computers can like recreate like what was going on. And they showed a picture. But again, it was a computer picture of of Ryan Blaney's car in the back rear of Kyle Busch. And, and, but it wasn't an actual video. It wasn't until probably 20 minutes later they showed the video that somebody, I guess, at the track for a news organization was recording and actually caught the incident. And we clearly all saw this differently because the way I viewed it was Ryan Blaney was coming and he did not slow down and he bumped Kyle Busch and clearly took him out and wrecked him. And that's why Kyle Busch finished as badly as he did. Now, the way that I saw it, much different than Tony's, was that Ryan Blaney was coming. So you are right on that. He clearly had speed. Kyle Busch was at the, on the top line, and he there was a there was a lap car in front of him. And you, I don't understand why Ryan Blaney was the one that had to slow down. Why? Because he shouldn't be, be wrecking people. No, he didn't wreck him. He had his bottom line, and he was coming around. Kyle Busch had a uh, lap car in front of him and he came down and uh, Blaney clipped them. If Bla- Blaney couldn't go down any further because he was going to be in the grass and then he was going to tear up his car. Again, that's if you, I, I, I don't know. I still think 
Ryan Blaney didn't use that other pedal that he probably could have or just taken his foot off the gas. Kind of like the pedal that Kyle could have used when he took out Chase Elliott. Oh, okay. That we've already established that that was not intentional. Well, oh, but when I, Ryan Blaney goes in and accidentally clips, or as you say, intentionally clips Kyle Bush, that was intentional. It couldn't have been an accident. Wait, hold on, hold on. Ryan Blaney, he could have braked. But what he did, he did a, our move of NAS when we play NASCAR video games. He doesn't break. He just goes and wrecks. I'm sorry, that's, your, that, that's all he, yours. This is a flat track. There's only so many places you can go with your car. Exactly. And, and if Blaney co- went anywhere else, he would have gone into the grass. And he's going to tear his car up because his fender is going to but work as a plow. He couldn't go up. Next, on the he gra- couldn't go he down. He couldn't go up. But his you next option. Actually, you know who could have gone up? His next option was to keep going and take out Kyle Busch. Like you take your foot off the gas. Maybe you pump your brake a little bit. You have to be aware. We talked about this. How much trust there has to be across these drivers driving so close to each other at such high speeds. Yeah, exactly. And if we go back to the Kyle Busch incident, he said he misjudged because they're going so fast. He thought he had enough clearance to get behind Chase Elliott. And after the accident, he realized, oh, my bad, there wasn't. I think what um, Matt Kenseth did to Joe Logano in 2015, Blaney showed Kyle what um, Kenseth did to Joey so to teach Kyle a lesson. And I think Blaney should be black flagged. All right, Maybe well, he should not. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's, that's garbage. I, I, I think that might be a little... Let's, 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 that's let's step irrelevant back. Objection. Well, well, hold on. Irrelevant. Time objection. Out. Let me Let me just ask you this. So this is an honest question here. I mean, the way I saw the little clip review... I thought Ryan Blaney had more to blame in taking out Kyle Busch. That's my opinion. My question here is, has there been within the last few weeks of racing incidents where Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney have gotten into each other? Well, None no. that I know of. No. Okay. Well, the 2017 finish. Um, no, I'm uh, talking this year, buddy. Is. I know you can go back with every driver and there's probably been an incident. I mean, they're racing so much. There's always going to be an incident. But I'm talking this year. Was there a reason for Ryan Blaney to take out Kyle Busch? No, I don't think there was a reason. And I don't think he took him out intentionally. Again, he is coming. He has speed. He is in the bottom line. And even though Kyle is ahead of him, Kyle has a lap car in front of him. So Kyle's option was to come down. But again, Kyle could have misjudged that Ryan Blaney was, was further away than he actually was. I don't disagree. So I'm not saying that either one did it intentionally. Yeah, I, don't I don't think I'm, that I Ryan Blaney took that. him out intentionally. And I'm not saying that Kyle Busch came down intentionally either. I think that they were both driving fast and furious. I think they were both coming, you know, doing their thing. Kyle came down because he had to pass that lap car. And Blaney was way too close to him at that point. Well, so then I agree with you. I don't think Ryan Blaney did it intentionally. So I I say that. But at some, but he was somewhat responsible. It was his nose that hit Kyle that took him out. Yeah, but again, if you see where the hit was, it's one thing if Kyle was coming down and Blaney was right behind him and hit him in the bumper and turned him. But that's not where the impact was. The impact was right behind the rear left tire, right behind there on that part of the fender. Yep. So therefore, Ryan Blaney was already somewhat 
starting to get parallel to Kyle Busch. And so that's so when Kyle Busch came down, both of their cars touched on the uh, front right of uh, Ryan Blaney's car. And that the for the speed that Ryan Blaney's coming when they touch. Yeah, that tips that turns him. So it was Ryan Blaney's fault. That's the point of me. No, that's not Ryan Blaney's fault. Kyle Busch was coming down. Ryan Blaney was in his line. Their cars touched and they turned. That is not intentional. And that is not. Anybody's I didn't say. Fault. Okay. If you I said, said earlier, Ryan Blaney right. tried to take out okay, Kyle Busch. Wait, right, but but when Kyle Busch it. took out it's Chase Elliott, you said even though it wasn't intentional. I don't believe Ryan Blaney intentionally took out Kyle Busch. Then why did you say I it believe, at the start? But I believe Brian, Ryan Blaney was responsible for the fact that Kyle Busch got taken out. But you said that Kyle Busch was not, uh, should not be held responsible for taking out Chase Elliott because he simply misjudged because Kevin Harvick was coming behind him and he thought he had plenty of space to get in. Well, Kyle Busch was responsible for taking him out, Chase Elliott in this case, but it wasn't intentional. You felt like it was intentional. I thought, isn't that what you said earlier? When when the incident happened, you thought yes, it was intentional. I thought it that was, was intentional. That was the point I was arguing. I did I not gave think him it was intentional. the benefit of the doubt. Just like this, I don't think Ryan Blaney intentionally took out Kyle Busch. Guys. But he still took him out. Guys, guys. But it takes Whether two to tango, Tony. Guys. I get that. Whether or not you think he did it intentionally or not, look on the bright side of this. Now NASCAR has a new rivalry to promote. Blaney I don't know. And Bush. So that's the thing. It will only be a rivalry if Kyle. If dad antagonizes it. <laughs> Stop. If Kyle responds. Which I'm sure he will races. because he looked very upset even he though he held his tongue. He was he so was calm and very, collected. He was I was not calm and collected. Tony, if we could see, like in cartoons, smoke coming out of someone's yes, he was nose upset. and ears, you would see it coming out of Kyle Busch. Yes, And he I'm was sure upset. that if you go and watch Radioactive, I'm pretty sure his radio broadcast is going to be full of colorful language. Okay, I don't disagree with that. He's going to be upset and frustrated. He had a good car and at one point was almost up, well, actually led. Did he lead? How, did he lead laps? Yeah, he did. He led laps yesterday. So, of course, he was going to be upset and frustrated. He led two he laps. He led two laps it doesn't because matter. the leaders he led. in front of him went into pit. The point is, pits. with strategy, whatever, he was at the front of the field for, at for least two, two laps. laps. And he was doing well, and he had a strategy, and they were making moves. And then what ended up happening? He got taken out. He hasn't won. Of course, he's frustrated. You can't blame the guy. But what I can do is applaud him. For the, the amount of restraint that he showed, he didn't even want to get into it because he knows like, you know, I'm, I'm I might be emotional and I might say something I'll regret. So he didn't say anything. And actually, I applaud Jamie Little. I think it was Jamie Little was interviewing him for not antagonizing it further. Just let him simmer, let him cool. You know, it'd be interesting today and the rest of this week when because they, they're going to ask him what he says. And he'll probably say, you know what? It was a racing deal. And Ryan Blaney probably will say it's a racing deal. And he'll take responsibility and apologize. And I and totally agree on. with that. It is Kyle a racing Bush, deal. I thought I just showed think maturity. that when things he are showed when things are done to Kyle Busch, it is not a racing deal. But when he does it to other people, then it's a racing deal. I think he showed a lot of restraint and maturity. I think he acted the right way. Now, if next week he goes out and he purposely takes out Ryan Blaney and he does other stuff like that, that's a different deal. But I don't see that happening. I think he just wants to get his racing program on schedule and move forward. 
And, you know, it was unfortunate that it happened the way it did this weekend. But, you know, it is what it is. Let's move on. Yes, it's called racing. Can we move on now? Robin's racing. All right. Coming off that topic, finishing stage two, Brad Kozlowski won that one. And Denny Hamlin in stage three got his 41st career win, beating Kevin Harvick. This is the only time I wanted Denny Hamlin to beat Kevin Harvick. Because you're not happy with Kevin Harvick. Me too, because I didn't want Tony to get more points. Well, I was disappointed. I was hoping that Kevin Harvick would do the double. Well, Denny Hamlin won. Kevin Harvick got second. So that's pretty good. Eric Jones got third. Chase Elliott was fourth place. And Eric Amarola got fifth. As for the race picks, I picked Denny Hamlin. So I so I get three points. Dad got Kevin Harvick, who got second, which means two points for him. And Mom actually got points this race. Um, Chase Elliott got fourth. As for Joey and Gio, as for Gio and Johan's drivers, which were Joe Logano and Kyle Busch, they did not do well. Yeah, I still have no points. Joey finished uh, in 24th and then Kyle in 38th. I just have two on the race on Saturday. And I believe you three are actually tied for five points. Come on. Come uh, on, Blaney, take out somebody else. (laughs) All right, so next week, where are we going? We are going to one of the most famous racetracks of all time, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with the big machine hand sanitizer 400. That is a mouthful. Why? I know that was a product. What happened to the Brickyard 400? It was cleaner well, and simpler. Yes, and but not as much money attached to it. How big is it? this machine and why does it have to have so much hand sanitizer in it? People need to stay safe, safe from the quarantine. So no practice, no qualifying, just like we've learned. Uh, and then now let's go through and do our race picks. So who wants to go first? Let's see. Sebastian won. So he goes first. He has been struggling this entire season, but he has done well at this track before. I'm putting my money on Kyle Busch. Please, Kyle, please do good. Please. All right, Kyle Busch. I'm going to put my pick on a driver who's been pretty consistent and he's been doing well this season. I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney. Funny, because I'm going with Joy Logano. Was it because he took Ryan Blaney? No. That was, was going to be your pick? I thought he was going to say, I'm going with my driver. So I was like, no. But then I would have picked my driver. If I don't get a top so. 10, I'm going to lose my mind. All right. Johan, who you picking to do well this week? Is this race going to be a night race or a day race? Well, depending on the rain. They do have lights, I believe. Uh, but it's supposed to run during the day. So today. I'm going from Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Wow. All right. You're throwing one out there. I feel like it's this track is sort of like kind of like um, Homestead, Miami. Actually, do you know what track it's mostly like? And the car setups are pretty much the same. Pocono. 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 So for my pick, I think I'm going to go. I was I'm, I'm honestly I'm going to tell you it's going to be a Stuart Haas car. I know exactly who it is. Who is it? Eric Amarillo. Yeah, that's who it was. I'm going to go with Eric Amarola. I'm going to say he's going to get his third career win, and he is going to take home the 400 because he has shown a lot of consistency. However, I will not be surprised, and I'll probably kick myself when it's actually Kevin Harvick that wins. Can I actually switch my I think my he's pick? the other guy. If it's either Eric or Kevin, that one of those guys is going to win that race. Can I switch my pick nope, to— Nope, sorry. It's no, already it's, done. No, it's, it's a done deal. Pick to Kevin's done deal. Like, picks are locked. <laughs> nope, picks are locked. And um, before we move on to the next segment, I want to actually give you guys a little bit of a track fact on Indianapolis. Did you guys know that 
the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is owned now by Roger Penske. Last year, he purchased it. That is kind of crazy. So maybe. Was it on sale? Because I'd like to buy it. Do you have enough money? How many millions, hundreds of millions of dollars do you think it was? I think it was on sale for like 258. 258 million. All right, we're going to have to check that because that'd be funny if you were close. Uh, yeah, so maybe there's some home cooking. Is that what you and your mom are saying by picking Penske drivers to win at the Penske track? Maybe you guys know something we maybe. don't know. What if they call the track now? Um, Penske Motor Speedway. Penske Motor Speedway. Uh, I'll stay in this. Well, if, yeah, they, if they win next week, maybe that's what will happen. Actually, quick thing. You know what would be interesting is since the Indianapolis – the Indy 500 is going to be on a different day, maybe be on a day that doesn't have NASCAR. Maybe Roger Penske will get his drivers to come out and watch it. That would be pretty cool. Actually, we should check into that and see when is the because I think it's in September. Yeah, August. And there will we'll have to see what day, what what other track um, they're going to do. And now it's Tony Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Last week, it was Giovanni with Ryan Reynolds. And the week before that, it was Sebastian. So that means one thing. This week, Johan is going to tell us who I am going to connect to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. It's Oboa Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Wow. That one is either going to be really difficult or really, really easy. What do you think? I think it may be easy. It's going to be Ooh, really, I might, really I easy, might actually, actually. I might I might. Hold on, hold it. on. Let me get through it. First off, he's the oldest six-degree celebrity we've ever done. He's 90, or will be 92 this November. Despite being the most iconic character of the entire Walt Disney Company, believe it or not, it was only this year that he got his very own attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So maybe you had some of the drivers come over and test it out. That wasn't really it. Well, Walt Disney World is actually only 75 miles away from the world's most famous track, the Daytona International Speedway. Drivers will regularly visit Disney World during speed weeks. So maybe it's that. But that's not actually how I'm going to connect it. Although there is a very funny story about Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott. So remind me about that after this. No. How am I going to connect Mickey Mouse to NASCAR? Well, for those Mickey and Roadster Racers television show fans, back in 2017, for the first time, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, and then NASCAR driver Danica Patrick all met Mickey Mouse on his show. And so that is how you connect Mickey Mouse to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Very nice. Now, here's the story about Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott and why I think is kind of funny. I think I know this one. This is the one where Chase Elliott apparently went on his social media and jokingly claimed that Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace, among other drivers, went to Disney World and didn't invite him. Well, because Chase Elliott's fans, they love him so much. They actually got really upset with Ryan Blaney and thought that they were not being nice to him. And literally, like, like they tore him up. 
to the point where Ryan Blaney had to say, he needs to stop saying that because we invited him. He just couldn't make it. He was busy. He had something else. But he made it sound like to the fans that, oh, I didn't get an invite. They went to Disney World without him. So anyway. Wait, when did the drivers go to Disney World? I actually, they, when they it went, was, um, I wanted to go. It was, get it, was last, it was last year. I think it was in like February. They were, I think it was somewhere around the time of Speed Weeks last year. And I'm pretty sure we went the day after Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace were there. They, you know, I remember. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. Really mad. I'm going to tease you guys. I actually got some, I got a friend of mine that shared some really, really cool photos. So I'm going to share some of those with you a bit of, of that visit. I'm even madder. Why? What do you mean? It's, you, it's a little you tease. Saw, You'll see more your later. Your friends saw, saw NASCAR drivers. Yes, they did. And I didn't. <laughs> we, I, I, what can I say? So as we look to wrap up this week's episode, you know, there's been a lot of news. In, you know, there's been a lot of developments in the news lately, where, whether it was what was going on uh, with race relations in this country, um, Black Lives Matter, Bubba Wallace. You know, it's it's kind of fascinating to see how connected NASCAR is as a story to what is going on in this country uh, with with Bubba Wallace, the Confederate flag and all of that. And we've we've talked about that quite a bit. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but then also what's kind of going on with COVID. You know, this is a story that has been out there for the better part of five months and it's not going away anytime soon. And it is something we have to live with. Uh, but before we get into that, I think Karen actually had something she wanted to share about her thoughts about what has happened in the reactions of Bubba Wallace and NASCAR. Tuesday, as I was reading about the outcome of the M FBI investigation and the results that came from it, I went on social, I, I found it out on social media and I started reading the comments after the statement that NASCAR put out in regards to the investigation. And I was extremely disturbed by the blatant, hateful comments that people were making. And I'm not going to get into them, but it was just really sad and disturbing to hear people, humans talk about other humans in such a hateful way. And I, I think I believe that that hate is far worse and more damaging than whether or not the new situation with NASCAR was a real hate crime or a misunderstanding. I don't agree with the backlash that NASCAR and Bubba Wallace have been receiving because in light of what is going on in this country, it's not hard to see why that rope, which, mind you, is tied in the shape of a noose. If you've seen the pictures, it is a clear noose. And I get that it's meant to pull down the garage, but I'm pretty sure there were other ways to tie that rope. So it's not hard to see um, why that rope was easily misinterpreted as a symbol of hate. And the thing is that of all the garages that it was found in, it was Bubba Wallace. I don't feel that what transpired last Monday was an overly dramatic show. When all the teams and NASCAR rallied behind Bubba Wallace, I don't think that it was a big over dramatic show to get attention. I think that in light of what is happening, NASCAR and all the race teams wanted to demonstrate that there is no room for racism in NASCAR or in any place for that matter. And I actually, can I jump in real quick? I think the 
the good thing that you can take from it is you would kind of want that reaction. Like, what would it say if if they had that story came out and NASCAR was like, well, hold on, in light of everything that's going on and all that, they're going to say, we're going to wait until we know for sure. Regardless, you cannot deny what it it was, whether or not it was placed there that weekend or it was intended for Bubba Wallace specifically. But at the end of the day, it was in his pit stall and everything that was going on the last few weeks, it, they reacted the way you would want it to react in light of what is going on, the way they reacted as quickly as they did. I just think it was a good thing. And you could take a positive out of that. And then, like you said, the the small minority of people that are 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 the seem to be very loud shouldn't take away from that shouldn't discredit what NASCAR did right and it's not like NASCAR even as you were saying they didn't pass judgment on somebody specifically they didn't they didn't um accuse somebody specifically of it they basically said this was the situation and we're going to rally behind bubba and show our support that this behavior in general and the behavior of race, it's the behavior of racism that is wrong in general. And that's where they wanted to show the support. So again, in light of everything, you know, we should be thankful that it was a misunderstanding and not a true hate crime. And that's where I think people are missing the point. Instead of focusing on the hateful part and the bashing of NASCAR and Bubba Wallace. Let's say, you know what? It is a good thing that somebody didn't deliberately go out and do this as yeah. a way to show hate towards Bubba Wallace and the black community. Yeah. Cause the, the immediate reaction when the story first came out, I'm sure with anyone that was connected to NASCAR, I know I felt it was a little, was embarrassment. It's like literally during this time, everything that's going on. And then someone picks this time to do it. That was bold. And so, yes, I actually was relieved in a way to find out that it wasn't someone that just did it now for Bubba. It was still wrong to have something like that. And and, and we don't understand why or how that was there. Uh, it could have been, but maybe it wasn't, you know, it was somebody had fashioned it. I, it just, it is a little ironic and strange because one of the things NASCAR did do was they inventoried every garage and every track of theirs. And there was only one track one garage that had a rope fashioned that way. And it was that one. Had it been more than you could maybe fall for the argument of, well, it was done because it's a way to pull down the garage door. I don't know about that. Bottom line, I think the reaction was appropriate, especially in light of what was going on. And I think we should take the positive to move forward. NASCAR has a lot more work to do to make other people of color especially black Americans feel welcome and inclusive in the sport. They have a lot more work to do than any other sport. And so for them to take the forefront of this issue and move forward while they have the spotlight, I think it's a great thing. And with that, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, guys, that's actually going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download our podcast episode so you can listen to us whenever you want. Let's go, Racing Family. Out. Out.